Mr. Wolf. All right, welcome to the Vape Week, and you can reach me at vapingindustry at gmail.com, vapingindustry at gmail.com. Here's the show. It is, uh, today is uh, July 1st, five weeks until 8-8, roughly. Uh, I'm just going to kind of uh, go uh, uh, and uh, speak to the things that I saw happen this week, um, and uh, I, I'm, you know, uh, I'm disappointed with a lot of things. It's, uh, it sucks. Uh I think everybody's kind of going through the same thing right now. Anybody that has a business that is trying to prepare uh, for 8-8, uh, people are scrambling left and right, uh, trying to get out as many e-liquids as they possibly can before 8-8, uh, which is something that I agree with. So I've been trying to look to see what you need to have to demonstrate to the FDA that your products were on the market as of 8-8. Um, and I don't see gigantic definition of it I need to go back and look at it um, there might be some stuff with uh, with sales records um, maybe it needs to be on your website I'm not sure uh, the last time I looked it looked like a whole hodgepodge of possible things um, and so I think that uh, to de I think that people are going to be releasing products all the way up you know eight seven there's going to be a lot of stuff that's released I have uh, one idea uh, to build a sort of registry of uh, products um, and I'm going to talk to a couple different people about uh, essentially creating a printed catalog um, print off you know 5,000 copies of it or something like that uh, might be useful um, and uh, I'm just you know that's an, you know a fast idea uh, I'm not sure uh, if I'll actually be able to pull that off uh, but I, I think that it's important that anybody that's established vape company to work with your current retailers, work with your current online people, and demonstrate that your products were on the market uh, as best you can. And, uh, you know, uh, double it up, triple it up. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what the FDA will need to, to show that you need to demonstrate. Uh, I don't know it exactly. Um, and that kind of segues a little bit into Safada, but I won't go right there right now. There's no, I've seen no organization put out uh, clarity uh, on on what what exactly needs to happen. Uh, I you know I've seen some things that come out telling you that you have to have it out by 8:8. Yeah, fine, everybody can read that. But what are the specific things uh, that you need to do to demonstrate it? There's a uh, you know a couple of uh, friendly lawyers out there. Um, regulatory lawyers that I will hit up and see if I can get better definition for maybe for next week because it's, it's something everybody should be rushing and rushing and rushing uh, normally I wouldn't say rush 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 uh, but in this case you know it's a use it or lose it all the way up to 8-8 and so that's kind of where the deeming comes out. Uh, I I don't have notes, so I'll just go through what things are in my head as far as the next date. The next date is going to be December 31st and at that point you need to register your company everybody should do that uh, and there might be an environmental essay that has to be done at that point uh, I need to check into that part uh, but you'll also have to register the names of your products as best I understand so there's kind of a gap between your what what your products are on the market and then they're registered uh, they're on the market but the FDA doesn't have vision of them until you say on December 31st that they exist now then they say on the 
February 2017, uh, I think it's the 7th, but I'm not sure, uh, February for sure, then you have to give them a list of your ingredients. Now, there, there's so much information out there, I'm just going to go off of memory. So I believe if you're a small business, that you will actually get a bonus six months if you're under $5 million. So it, will, it would not actually be February, it would be August of 2017 when you have to have your ingredients disclosed. Now the, the uh, HDPCs, the, 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 if there's something, uh, maybe I should open something up. Uh, the, the, uh, what you have to disclose as far as your harmful potential ingredients, that actually is going to be, uh, it's either going to be two years or three years after the date. And so this, this is kind of confusing, um, and not confusing, but um, there's total gaps in what they're asking for. And there's gaps in the dates. So I'll just go over uh, the dates here. What the heck? Um, so starting on August 8th, everybody has to not sell to minors. That should be pretty well understood. You cannot give away free samples. You don't need to sell samples uh, at $2 or $1 or whatever. I, I think $0.10 cents or, uh, or uh, $0.25, cents, I think a quarter is a good one, uh, just because it's a bigger coin and people, you know, might have it. Uh, you, uh, if you have a vape shop, what you do uh, is you... What I, this is my suggestion. You're a vape shop. I've heard so many different ways talk about different clubs and all this other stuff. Somebody comes in and they want to have, you know, they want to taste e-liquid. So you take it, you say for a quarter, you can buy this little uh, silicon drip tip. And then uh, that's your drip tip. And then you go and you, uh, you taste uh, for, that gives you uh, tasting for all the ones that you want to taste. You don't have to do it individually uh, each time, but they have to be charged that. And so uh, you charge that, you either tell them that you're billing them or, or whatever. I mean, you, you can figure out with your point of sale system any way you want to do it. Uh, but so long as you just charge everybody, uh, I think you're going to be absolutely fine. And I think the best way is to sell a little, uh, you know, a tasting silicon drip tip that they can actually, you can use and have it sterile and all that other stuff. I think it's, it's a double function. Uh, I'm not a big fan of tasting, uh, and, and picking up a, a vaporizer. I'm just not a fan of that, uh, for whatever reasons, but, uh, a, a brand new drip tip is always a good thing. Uh, so no free samples. What does that mean for shows? Uh, I think the same thing applies to shows. And, and I gave out, uh, what I describing as, uh, my method, uh, to uh, to handle it for vape events, and uh, what I believe is a total solution is that. Uh, and please give me credit if you use it. But if you go into a vape expo and they're charging money at the door, and I think just about every single one does, uh, that you're gonna get carded. So everybody's gonna know their age before you go in. If it's a 21 state, everybody better be 21 that goes into that vape expo. If it's 18 or 19, same thing. So you card them. You charge them what five bucks, ten bucks. Uh, you know, I think some might even go to twenty bucks. Uh, but you know, what? Let's just say ten bucks, and then they get a, a little coupon sheet of uh, hologram uh, little tickets that have been printed out, and they maybe there's ten or five, say ten, and that means that if they go up to somebody, they can exchange that little holographic ticket for a, a sample, and and that's for a bottle that they take home with them. 
I would do the same thing uh, as far as tasting uh, at the booth as you would do at the store. I would say for 10 cents uh, that you would uh, you, you sell them a little drip tip. Um, and, you know, one way to do this is to have a change machine somewhere in that vape expo where people can get their quarters and nickels or whatever it is. Maybe a nickel is better. You get uh, get a full 20 of them to the dollar. And uh, people are exchanging nickels uh, for their thing. That's a valid sale. Uh, it absolutely is a valid sale. So that's what I would suggest for... Uh, there, there's many simple solutions to the vape samples. I think if you try and do a a whole thing with a membership club that's just overly complex uh, it's just better to charge them a nickel uh, so that goes into effect August 8th too and then uh, the whole vending machine which nobody really cares about uh, so what does that mean if you're a vape shop if you're a vape shop you better be carding everybody you better be doing it because uh, the local city health departments are contracted through the FDA and did 160,000 inspections last year and handed out penalties to cigarette people. They will be acquiring little 17-year-old, you know, damsels in distress walking over to your vape shop and uh, employees and blinking their eyes and asking for to to get product. So you just better instruct all your people not to sell to underage no matter what. It's not that hard of a deal, but, you know, have all your training. That goes into effect. Now, if the FDA webinar that I broadcast uh, on a couple shows back, they clearly say August 9th they're, they're running with it. And so it's a very simple thing for all they need to do is to tell the, the, the public health departments, you have not been given the authority to go into these vape shops, go for it. And every single health department is chomping at the bit to do it. So I would expect them to go hard and fast on looking for 18-year-olds uh, or younger than 18-year-olds buying. They're not going to be walking into your shop, you know, inspecting all your bottles and all that stuff. I, I honestly do not think they'll be doing anything like that. They will be trying to catch you selling to an under 18-year-old. And if they catch you, they're going to make a big deal out of it. Uh, if you're in a real small town, it'll probably show up in the local paper. So uh, be aware that that's going to happen. They're going to come after vape shops quickly on that that's really going to be very fast so just have your best practices in uh, and there's nothing to worry about uh, have a team meeting uh, talk to your employees uh, from there what do we got here we've got uh, product packagings and ads must contain addictiveness warnings so people that are getting their products ready to go all of these effective dates are in 2018 kind of weird and that's one of the things where I'm talking about uh, that the dates don't line up they have compliance periods that don't line up with others so the the warnings have to be on in 2018 I'm gonna skip it for now although I think you should probably get your labels set up now um, and then it says product packagings and ads covering tobacco that they do not contain nicotine it's the same it's the whole thing uh, it's duplicated if your product if you're selling uh, tobacco flavorings generated from tobacco without nicotine uh, there's another section that says the same thing 2018 again 
then uh, cigars, cigars, uh, and then uh, pre-market review requirements, compliance period under for the manufacturer. So uh, the compliance period, you have to submit your compliance by August 8th, 2018. That's when you have to deliver your PMTA. Then after that, registration of establishments engaged in the manufacturer preparation and compounding or processing of tobacco products and product listings and these are finished tobacco products that's going to be December 31st 2016 that's this year and the year and I think it has a footnote number nine note that while the deeming rule extends FDA's tobacco authority to all tobacco products except accessories of newly deemed tobacco FDA intends to limit enforcement of the registration and product listing requirements to newly regulated finished tobacco products at this time that means uh, if you're making a mod and it's a you're making a, an atomizer and you're selling the atomizers or as a finished good product the FDA says there that they're not going to regulate it it's been my position for years uh, and the reason why is when I read things like that if there's going to be any lawyer out there anybody's hired a lawyer that's going to tell you that uh, you can't sell or or any company manufacturing finished good products that are an atomizer uh, a, a, a mod say uh, I like to give this example because it's in my hand an Evic VT that has these uh, nice lipo packs three lipo packs in it it's sealed it does you can't open it up if I'm selling this as a product just the uh, the mod no tank or anything just just raw mod uh, it's not covered by the tobacco uh, control act it's just not uh, because of the law uh, if they have a new law that's gonna regulate this like maybe the Cole Bishop or something like that that has to pass but I'm not aware of a law that regulates my EVIC VT I'm just not aware of it so uh, I would be happy to hear any lawyer anybody point to anywhere in the documents where you see that my EVIC VT is going to be regulated uh, and until somebody shows me that which nobody has to this point uh, I'm going to continue to say it and uh, I mentioned last week uh, and the week prior that I believe that CVA USA, which is representing all these Chinese manufacturers that bring in these products, um, that they are out of scope of the current Tobacco Control Act. You've got uh, people screaming that uh, the world is falling down and all these products are going to be regulated. That's what some of the people believe. I'm fine, I guess, with them believing that, but I, I want to know why uh, they believe that, and I want to know why CVA USA uh, hasn't explained what their Joytech, Kanger, Aspire, SMOK, uh, call it Smoke or Smock, whatever you want to call it, uh, and there's a couple other ones that are in there, uh, but those are the big ones, uh, Incotin, uh, what they plan on doing six months from today. Say it's, uh, it's you know, November. Are they going to be bringing brand newly designed products into the United States and my position is they should because they're not tobacco products uh, and so every single vape shop is going to be having a new stream of of these products coming through so that it'll be no change
That's what I believe. That's what I'm saying. I'm waiting for somebody to take me down on this, and nobody has. And so I'm waiting for Sevia to, to come out with a position. I also did say that I would contact Kurt Lobick, who makes uh, Cloudy co uh, Collaborations and also Cloud Chaser Inks. They make mods. I asked him straight out, will he be making and manufacturing new, newly designed products and selling them after 8.8. Obviously, anything that he's been selling is all okay, uh, but will he be break, making new products, new designs after 8.8? He said no. So he at least uh, is saying that he won't do it. Uh, I don't know if others are going to be doing that, and I really, really want to know what Sevia members are going to be doing because they know exactly what they're going to do. Now, if I was a person that manufactured these mods um, and that's all I did I would not register with the FDA and I would not communicate with the FDA because I don't need to uh, consult your own lawyers uh, but I, I'm waiting again I, at this point I'm frustrated uh, because I, there is no clarity uh, I think the documents are clear though I think that the FDA is clear and I think they've enunciated it clearly but there, if you look at the spectrum of, of vapors, the vape community and vape advocacy, what Kurt Lobick is saying is the current paradigm that it seems like most people are going to uh, do. And then again, lastly, is that Sevia knows exactly what their members are going to be doing. And the chairman of Sevia USA is Dimitri, and he is silent to it. Uh, he's not talking to it. And uh, it sucks. I think that they should tell us. Registration of establishments. Okay, so uh, if you're establishing that manufactures, again, December 31st. Listing of ingredients. Okay, so this is if you're an e-liquid maker and you're making e-liquids. That's where it's going to count for, for what we're concerned about. For products that on the market on August 8th, 2016, the date is February 8th. 2017 so there's people that are saying well you have to do it on uh, you have to give all your ingredients over by 8-8 no that's not what they're saying uh, and there's other people that are saying it's December 31st I've heard uh, I think Shell Hamill saying that uh, from Safana uh, that's wrong it's not December 31st it's February 8th but again February 8th is wrong if you're under five million dollars so uh, just say you're a mod maker and you're under five million dollars what's the date that you well you're an e-liquid maker and you're f under five million dollars that's the correct example it's August 8th 2017 it's one year when you have to disclose your ingredients or ingredient listings that's extra time and I, I know everybody is worried about uh, the deeming as you should be, as the final rule. Everybody should be concerned about it. But let's talk about what you have to do when the real time is. And if you're under $5 million, it's August 8th, 2017 is when you have to register your products, ingredients. Just what it says. I'm looking at a document off of uh, the FDA.gov and it's uh, codenamed UCM501016.pdf so uh, you can just type that in uh, I'll, I'll try it for you uh, 
uh, highlight this, copy, open new browser window, typing in UCM 501 like the genes 016.pdf. If I hit that, it brings it right up. So UCM 501 016.pdf. Search for that in Google and you'll get this document that I'm looking at right now. And uh, let me go back to it. So ingredient listing, if you're a small company, you got a whole year after August 18th. That's good information. If people did not know that, I'm happy you're listening to the show and you found that valuable because if you are listening to the show and you do make e-liquids and you're under $5 million, you should find that valuable. Your products must be on the market as of August 8th. You must then give the name of your products and kind of the serial number or product catalog of your products on December 31st. I'm just going to go ahead and use the example now for under $5 million. And then on August 8th is when you actually have to give over your ingredients. So what happens between then and then? How much does the FDA need to know about your product on 8-8 of this year? I don't know the full answer to that, but I see a gigantic gap in what they're asking for. So everybody has to learn how to navigate that. I'm just telling you that the, those gaps and those navigatable waters exist, and I'm still looking at how to navigate that to best advantage and which I would hope everybody is doing. The next thing is harmful potential constituents, HPHCs. And for more information it talks about this and it gives a little footnote number 13. Let me just scan down to that. Note, while the deeming rule extends FDA's authority to all tobacco products except accessories, uh, FDA intends to limit the enforcement of the HPHCs PHC reporting requirements to newly regulated finished products. So it's only talking about a finished product and an e-liquid would be finished goods. So it's talking about reporting. You have to report these constituents. Now when do you think that you have to do that? E-liquid makers listening to this broadcast, I will give you a time period now to make a guess. Make a guess on your own. What is the date? Here's the question. What is the date that you think that you need to disclose your potentially harmful ingredients. It's August 8th, 2019. An odd date. It's it's not it's it's 3 years from August 8th. That's weird. I mean, it's it doesn't even fit the you have to file your PMTA before you have to disclose your ingredients, your harm your potentially harmful ones. So that's, it's a mix match. And so navigating these waters is going to be important, but the official deadline for when that, for a finished good tobacco product, when you have to do it, is 2019, August 8th, 2019. It's, it's unusual, right? That's what I think. Tobacco health documents. And uh, these have to be done by February 8th of 2017. Footnote 14, let's read it. Note that the deeming of FDA intends to eliminate it's the same thing, uh, except for accessories. I don't, uh, I actually looked this up. I, I did look it up. Maybe it's still open. Uh, tobacco health document submission. If you guys want to find this document without doing the same search that I did have to get it, it is UCM 208916.pdf. UCM 208 916.pdf. If you search for that, you will get this document I'm looking at now. It's 11 pages. 
and what this talks about is what you have to do to uh, what is it the tobacco health documents um, I you know I kind of looked at this I think I can mangle up a submission of it. Here's what it's talking about. Metadata, document author. Oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, when do you have to submit it? What is this thing? You can do an e-file. So I, I'm not exactly sure what the uh, tobacco health document is. I think it can be constructed. I, I think it can be done. I don't think it's uh, a major burden. Nobody else seems to have, uh, uh, have been saying it's a major 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 problem I don't know I'll find out introduction da, 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 da. who submits it ba, 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 ba. Uh, what definition apply what is included in the submission of attack tobacco health document due on, in February manufacturer importer identification FEI number your address your universal number system DUNS uh, whatever the heck that is health documents required uh, under section of the act each tobacco product manufacturer importer must submit all documents developed after January June 22nd 2019 that relate to health toxicology behavioral or psychological effects of the current or future tobacco products their constituents including smoke constituents ingredients and components and additives. FDA understands current or future tobacco products to refer to all products commercially distributed after 2009. A document developed uh, uh, okay, so you have to you have to produce all the documents uh, that relate to health. I can do that. Uh, FDA intends to enforce 904 with the documents in possession, custody, and control of a tobacco product manufacturer only. Oh, that's even better. FDA intends to enforce Section 904A of the Act with respect to the documents in the possession, custody, or control of the tobacco product manufacturer only. I, I'm going to guess that most of the tobacco uh, you know, e-liquid makers out there uh, do not have the resources of RJR or Altria or any of these other giant corporations. So I think what this was done is that when when Stanley Glantz was uh, suing the heck out of the FDA and all these other people and they got the tobacco files, that this is kind of a, a thing that says that if a giant company has in possession health documents that relate to their products, simple things like uh, if you watch The Insider or if you put Coumadin in uh, your, uh, your nicotine uh, in your cigarette to uh, increase the nicotine loading of the perceived and increase the nicotine hit was what what they did if you're doing things like that and you have documents that say that you uh, are are screwing with the health of the public and they're somewhere inside of your corporation you have to divulge them and then uh, if you don't you're gonna be fried I think that's what essentially this whole thing is because it says uh, if you don't have them you don't have to submit them and so it's gonna be a very small thing FDA intends to focus enforcement in this way because research and development products related to the health, toxicology, behavioral, and psychological effects of tobacco products are most likely in the possession or control of the tobacco manufacturers. That actually just 100% confirms what I just said. So, uh, going back to this other document. So, it's good that it's consistent there. It is what I thought it was. So, you'll have to deliver those which in, in this case will be a gigantic null set 
uh, on February 8th, 2017. Then the next set of uh, provisions. Prohibition on the introduction of interstate commerce of products that contain light, low, medium. That doesn't count. Uh, nobody should be doing that with their labeling. Uh, prohibition on the introduction into the interstate commerce of modified risk products. Okay, that doesn't count. Uh, tobacco products will be considered misbranded unless they bear a label containing the following. The name and place of the business. Okay, so for all of the e-liquid manufacturers listening, listen now. Your label on... Well, it's, I, I misread the date, sorry. It's this is for May 10th, 2018. This requirement that says your your label has to look this way is all the way over in May 10th, 2018. You think they could have done this faster, but uh, you have to have the name and place of your business, quantity of the contents, percentage of the domestic and foreign-grown tobacco. Uh, if your nicotine comes from uh, all foreign sources, you got to say that, I guess. Uh, the statement, sale only allowed in the United States on the labels, packaging, packaging, and shipping containers of the tobacco products. All that kicks in on May 2018. All required labels and labeling statements must be prominent and in such terms that render it likely to be read and understood. That's one year from August 8th, 2016, so it's August 8th, 2017. If you are a manufacturer, you of e-liquids, you should do this one right away. You should have clear writing on your labels uh, because if you don't, it's a crappy label. It's not useful. Some people read labels and if you have a crappy label that you can't read it. I've seen people have a brown background and they use black text inside of the brown background. The contrast between brown and black sucks. It's very difficult to read, and uh, you're you're asking for a lawsuit if, for some reason, anybody did anything with that product. They're going to hold it up and prefer a jury and said nobody can read this, can you? So it's just make ha have have black and white text. Uh, use white fonts on a blue background. Use uh, you know dark fonts on a you know yellow or, or all sorts of have good contrast. This is just publishing 101. Any of your graphics people know what the high contrast color patterns are. So that's what all the dates are. And so why I was going over that is that uh, people are are freaking out, uh, and a lot of these dates don't kick in at the at the time that you would think that they would so do I think that everybody should be going bonkers right now releasing all of the products that they possibly can yeah do it <laughs> absolutely do it that's to everyone's best advantage uh, is to, to put those products out it's 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 the correct move under under that chessboard uh, because it's user or lose it on August 9th you lose that and do it now. Um, so it's a green light to panic uh, for e-liquid manufacturers as far as getting new products out. For everything else, after that date, things get much better rapidly. And, you know, it's things are not going to change for two years. Two years is a long period of time in the vape world. Um, and, and then there's people saying that vape shops 
are going to start to close down rapidly uh, because they don't have the new products. Uh, well, they will have the new hardware, if I'm correct, and I believe I am. They will have new hardware, and there'll be an abundance of lead liquids out there. So if the only people affected by all of this on the vape shop side are vape shops that make their own e-liquids and even that is pretty okay for at least two years so uh, I as I've said before I was surprised by this 90 days I was caught unaware uh, it's a very short time frame a lot of the things that I thought that I would be doing after the deeming hit got thrown to the wayside a lot of communication channels of people that I wanted to be talking to during this time period of right after the deeming hit got closed down because they are driving as hard as they possibly can to create the products that they need to stay in business I absolutely understand why some people haven't been able to pick up the phone I absolutely understand that uh, please understand that I will keep on persisting in trying to call you though um, so that's what's going on. It's it's very very frustrating that the the amount of disinformation and miscommunication and just uh, telling people to close down their stores, and some of this stuff comes from uh, people that I would you know I, I'm I'm hearing Dimitri and I'm hearing uh, Shell on an old show that I listened to from two weeks ago where they're just saying yeah pack it up, pack it up guys you know I've heard it many times that if you if you can't can't donate uh, sometimes I hear them say if you can't donate uh, two thousand uh, dollars to uh, to advocacy every year close up your shop uh, you know and sometimes it's it's higher than that and lower than that uh, you know uh, it, all, all you people starting up in your garages you need to do what you need to do uh, I would suggest that you have clean labels and you don't market to kids uh, and all of that stuff uh, and what does marketing to kids really mean I you know there is no definition of it but should you have a cartoon character on your label it's up to you uh, will people give you grief on it yeah probably uh, will anybody knock on your door I don't know uh, are you going to bother to submit your application with that uh, on it to the FDA not a chance in hell there's not there's not any of those hyper goofy labels that are going to be uh, uh, submitted to the FDA so you know after two years uh, expect your products to be off the market you know and the thing is it, it's all in the eye of the beholder everybody do what they need to do I've kind of covered that I, I probably shouldn't have even digressed into it what else happened this week um, I heard Dimitri going off on ProVape uh, here's the story on ProVape. It's a very short story. Uh, they were doing an Independence Day sale. They were trying to sell customized colors, uh, you know, for the 4th of July off of their website. And these were going to be special color combinations uh, that were going to, you could you could do all the selection of these color combinations and buy it at the same price as you could for a standard one. It was a little bit of promotion. You pay the, the, the standard price and uh, you get to pick the color of your button, pick the color, you know, you just... You know, it's like with otter boxes. Sometimes people change uh, their uh, their stuff on their cell phone. They make it, you know, with little colors. You know, and it was red, white, and blue. All these little things. Anyway, that's what it was. Uh, apparently, they have an ad agency, and I have no reason to disbelieve them. And they sent out this thing, and it had bad copy on it. Uh, it wasn't copy that was approved by uh, 
by uh, the people at ProVape, and I'm sure. Uh, I have no reason to disbelieve, nor do I think it's credible, that they sent this out in ten, uh, uh, you know, with forethought and intelligence uh, at all. It's clearly a mistake. It's absolutely a mistake. I don't think it could be anything other than a mistake because I don't think that there's any company that stupid to send something out like that. It doesn't pass the sniffs test. What Dimitri said is that these guys did it intentionally. And he doesn't believe their apology, their mea culpa, their explanation. And uh, he's just, uh, that's it for, for him and ProVape. And he got other people like Phil Brissardo and the same thing. You know, that's it for ProVape. These are mods that they hold in their hands that I'm sure they were given, you know, production samples to review. And that's it for ProVape. I don't know. I mean, uh, ProVape, uh, I've never used one. I mean, I've never, have I ever even used one? I've never touched one. Uh, just just not been in my wheelhouse to uh, to use one at this point. But I do know one thing, is that I, I've read, you know, what the protocol of the chip is, that it does its battery monitoring. And I would trust putting an 18650 into a ProVape product without fear that that thing is going to blow up. And that is a valuable thing for people like me that don't want to fuck around with batteries. I don't think it should be necessary. That is why I like the EVIC VT, which is the EVIC VT is modeled on the Incoten uh, MVP 2.0. It has the same type of cells. I've seen how these cells, I've gone on, you know, taken my time and watched how these li lipo packs burst and flame and, and go bad and they do not have a catastrophic burn and explosion they do not have and that, listen to the word that I just said they do not have a catastrophic explosion what happens is the things swell up and then they start to poof out a big thing of smoke which is not smoke it's chemicals uh, but uh, it pushes out that and then after that it starts to burn and after that it starts to burn more and it can cause a big fire all of those things are true but it does not blow up and shoot a projection a projection it uh, it does not uh, loft a mod up into a ceiling it, it fizzes and it, and it gives you clear warning and another benefit of, of these lipo packs is that they swell before they go bad. A swelling lipo pack is an indication you've got a problem. All of that stuff. Uh, I digressed, but the point was is that if I was going to be using an 18650, I would put it in a ProVape with 100% confidence, and I think that's a valuable thing. I think that... Uh, a, a chip that is monitoring the health of the 18650 and is going to tell you when to throw your 18650 away because it's down to 75% of what it should be and it won't fire it. There's some protocols in there that, that they've, they've done. It's, it's a nice option. I like that. And so I'd be happy to use a ProVape. And then everybody knows that, uh, uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Hello, ProVape. I haven't contacted you. If you would like me to review one of your products, I will take a free sample, keep it for myself, and give an honest review. There you go. Uh, so, uh, but so Dimitri is uh, 
is uh is going off on provape uh and and it's it's not like provape is just any old company they've been around they make a mod they've supported advocacy they've donated tons of these products to people they sell them in stores it's a premium product it's it's there everybody knows they're indestructible and then one email gets sent out by some bozo at a marketing company and there's no possible way it was not anything but a failed attempt at making an independence day flyer promotion it that you would never say oh look buy from us don't go to see your retailer that's something an idiot either intern or just an idiot millennial might type up stick it in there before he has his final copy approved and just types in you know trying to be a jackass it's just on his own personal screen and uh, is waiting for the final copy to come in and then supposedly what the story is and I, I believe it or maybe this part, maybe I don't believe. Supposedly there was a test send button rather than a real send button. But if you're, a, a, you know, a, a marketing into social media, they probably do have a test send button. I haven't used their application. And it got out. So Phil Bersardo and Dimitri Agrafonis are just done with ProVape. And they're raking them over the coals. And then the apology is they don't accept the apology. Well, fuck you. You know, fuck you both. I mean, that's just too harsh for a company that has been around for a long time and is part of the quote-unquote vaping community, an American company. If you guys have sold your soul so far down the river to the Chinese to where you have to come up with something as petty as this to go around fucking with an American company, just fuck you. Just fuck you. I mean, just total assholes. Both of them. Just fucking assholes. I'm not talking about all the time. I'm not talking about all the time. I'm talking about just on this one. They both go on their show. They, they, they're, they're both hemming and hawing, going, oh, they fucked up. And then uh, uh, Dimitri is saying, I don't buy it. I don't buy their apology. Well, fuck you. That's just harsh. It's un unreasonable. And, and for somebody that has been given so many products uh, from ProVape, and, and, uh, and how do I know this? How the fuck do I know this? Because I've watched his reviews. I've watched both of their reviews. They they've been wined and, and given free product. You know, you know, back in the day when the Pro Vape two point, uh, uh, you know, the Provary two point five was a hot item. People were getting advanced copies. You know, then there was the the three And if you're a reviewer, you get your advanced copy and you can do your reviews and all this other stuff. They they were given those copies and stuff. And then one little fuck up like this. And I don't know, is it, you know, let's get dramatic. Maybe their, their Chinese masters, their overlords were telling them that they have to hammer on that American company. Who the fuck knows? But the, the amount of disloyalty and just just skittishness and, and, and just backstabbing nature of these two on this particular item is, disgusts me. And it disgusts me at this particular 90 days. Because, you know, fucking around with a company right now like this, it's, I, I don't know, it pissed me off. So there's that topic. Uh, the next thing is uh, Cynthia Cabrera has tendered her resignation uh, upon, uh, this is how I understand it, uh, that the board uh, of Safada, and uh, let me open up Safada, uh, let's crack her open. I was uh, perusing on the site. You see Cap O'Rourke there, and... Uh, that's not who I was expecting. I would be expecting 
uh, Cynthia Cabrera because I understood. I mean, we've been talking on this show all about the whole VTA uh, versus Safada thing. And uh, foreshadowing, uh, it looks like VTA won, but there was some sort of split over HR 2058 back in 2015 where these board members, some of them that are currently on VTA, and I'm not even sure which ones, uh, split off. Uh, decided to abandon Safada, split off and make VTA about in August of last year. And uh, and there was some sort of kerfluffle. And, uh, and then they split off. So I do know the outcome of that is that the managing director, which I knew was Cynthia, also became president. So when I'm checking here, because the rumor mill is flying away, I see Cap O'Rourke. Uh, is the board president and so what we found out is uh, and I posted I think it was last night um, I, I there's the official press release from Safada regarding this and I guess I'll read it but this guy is here uh, Cap O'Rourke um, and uh, then there's Shell Hamill, Glenn Castle, Kimberly Hesse uh, and Ben Cox, Brian Liddell and Andrew Osborne so now I'm going to click on, and I don't know what's going to happen here because I haven't done it in a few days, Executive Director. Dun, 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 dun. Cynthia Cabrera. It still says Cynthia Cabrera. Uh, so that was a change. So uh, as I found out last week, just by looking at the site, sure enough, then uh, eSig Intelligence put out some sort of story saying that Cynthia had left, and then uh, uh, something along the lines of... Uh, the day before yesterday that some sort of message was sent out to Safada members and then uh, the public information was put out yesterday uh, to anybody. So that's what's happened and uh, let me just uh, click on this little communique and see uh, news and events, Safada blog, press releases, let's see, if, is it a press release? statement from the board of directors of the Smoke Free Alternatives Trade Association. It is with much disappointment that we announced Cynthia Cabrera is stepping down as president and executive director from Safada. During her tenure, Cabrera has helped grow Safada into the largest trade association representing and protecting the interests of the vapor industry, surpassing more than 1,000 business members while establishing 28 local and 26 uh, state chapters throughout the country. So I guess that uh, is uh, 28 plus... Uh, plus 26 that is going to be 54 different individual things uh so uh then uh then from there while we i'm i'm i guess i'll I, I, I while we respect Cynthia's decision to step down from her official position is there a different position? I don't know. Uh, from our official position, we are currently in negotiations to continue our relationship with her moving forward as we transition to a new executive director. So after you read that, the first thing that goes through your head is, what the fuck? Why the fuck are they doing this? What the fu what's the fucking point? If you don't have a new executive director, what the fuck are you idiots doing? That's what goes through my head. At the same time, we are proud to announce that the appointment of Cap O'Rourke as president and Shell Hamill as vice president, period. I don't know who Cap O'Rourke is. Um, I just don't know him. Um, never heard of him. And Shell Hamill, I've heard of. Uh, work, 
Working with the board, these directors will lead in this transitional period as we continue the great work accomplished by Cynthia. Okay, if it's great work by Cynthia, what happened to Cynthia? In helping achieve our goal, our organizational start over. Working with the board, these directors will lead in this transitional period as we continue the great work accomplished by Cynthia in helping achieve our organization's goals at the federal and state levels, comma, advocating for sensible regulations of the vapor products in Congress and various state houses across the United States. So, uh, the full board and these directors, Kappa, Rourke, and Shell, are going to be focusing on this during this transitional period. So, what goes through my head is, why the fuck are you having a transitional period during this 90 days that caught me and a whole bunch of other people unawares? This is not the time to be fucking around with the board. It's my view. I mean, call me a radical. Uh, Safada remains committed to lobbying for the passage of H.R. 2058 and the Bishop Cole Amendment. Uh, I usually hear it called the Cole Bishop Amendment, but the Bishop Cole Amendment, what the fuck? Uh, legislation that will create a less costly market pathway of vapor products. We will continue to work with our state lobbyists to help ensure that the vapor products are not equated and taxed like combustible tobacco products. I'm in California uh, and as we know many other states are having the same problem. I did a whole show talking about taxes, taxes, taxes like location, location, location. This is the year they're coming after us on taxes hard and fast and in California it is uh, there's a ballot initiative which is going to be uh, it, it's it's like it's like uh, you know knocking a missile out of the air with another missile it's very very difficult it, it's possible that it can be done but it's hugely difficult furthermore the board is committed to improving transparency I why why is the board committed to uh, improving transparency? I would just rather have the board do its job and not tell me about it. And that's kind of where I was with Cynthia. I knew what she was doing. I could tell, like she was setting up all of those meetings with the OMB, uh, which was hugely critical uh, for people that uh, haven't listened to the other old shows. Uh, there was the FDA submitted to the OMB language that would have affected flavors. Cynthia organized all of us like a slobbering bunch of pack dogs from the Iditarod, just, just slobbering idiots. She got all of us to go in there and, uh, and just overwhelm the OMB with just masses of information. She got everybody to do that. It was a cattle call. And surely by that process that the OMB gave it back to the FDA and crossed out all of the flavor ban language. A massive, gigantic win. And that's just one of the things. So I don't care uh, how she did it. I don't need to know uh, how she was scratching on the piece of paper when she was coming up with this. I don't need transparency. I just need the person that has those ideas to be doing those ideas. But 
the new Safada board is going to be focused on transparency during this 90 days. Great. Who needs it is what I say. As a result, we will be conducting a regularly scheduled meeting with agendas and make these minutes available to members. Yeah, great. Busy work. Uh, you know, party planning and uh, meetings. Yippee, yippee. Uh, it's a small organization. Uh, we're really at the doing part, not the meeting part. Uh, during the next several weeks, we will be examining our existing bylaws and making related changes to provide for better governance, oversight, and communication. Now, this is the one that kind of pisses me off the most. Where we there, There's five weeks left of the 90 days. I'm here doing the best I can to explain the things that e-liquid companies need to do in these next 90 days. And I've got the resources of one currently. That's what I've got. And I'm trying to do it. And there's a, there's a thousand people, a thousand members of Safada. I don't know how many of those are e-liquid manufacturers. I'd say a hundred, um, you know, maybe less, but a hundred maybe. Shouldn't everybody be figuring out exactly, precisely, and deliberately what is needed to be done in these next five weeks? That's what I think. And I don't think it's a question. I think that anybody that says that uh, Safada should be working on anything but that are idiots. That's all they need to be doing right now is figuring out what their members need to know up until 8-8. That's a hard line. It's a dead line. Either you do it before then or you're, those options become dead to you. What is Shell Hamill and uh, Glenn Castle planning on doing with their five next five weeks. They're going to sit and play house. And I don't know if there's people that aren't Americans out there, but uh, in grade school, uh, there used to be these uh, little girls and guys that would want to play house. And one would be the mommy and one would be the daddy. And then they would they would tell you how to, to have your little tea. And they if you did things the wrong way, they'd yell at you. And it's what was called playing house. Uh, and that's what I think these fuckers are doing right now. During the next several weeks, we will also be examining our existing bylaws and make related changes to provide for better governance, oversight, and communication. How does anything with the Safada bylaws make any bit of a difference during this next five weeks? And why on earth would these board members be spending their next several weeks to find several? Several's three to five, right? It's more than more than a couple, less less you know, just a handful. So it's several weeks. They're gonna spend all of the time going up to eight eight, pissing away all of the time, all of the energy on on bylaws. So I'm pissed off. And if if somebody let me check the phone line, somebody tell me I shouldn't be pissed off. So I'm pissed off. Call in at Whoa. How did that happen? By the way, I think I think I figured out what is going on uh, with my why yeah, my phone I lines think, haven't yeah, worked. I, th I think I figured out what is going on uh, with my why Maybe my I phone haven't. lines haven't worked. Yeah, I th I and okay, uh, uh, I'm gonna close that down. Oh, and I'll what come the back fuck? To it. If, uh, if callers want to call, ah, I figured it out. Okay, so I'm an idiot, and I've proved it just then. Uh, so going back to the uh, 
the Safada press release. I'm pissed off. This is this is a joke. How the fuck can they get rid of one of the 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 one person that I absolutely know was kicking ass on the advocacy side, and who else would be those people that are kicking ass on the advocacy side? Well, I would I would say uh, I would say Greg Connolly. I would say uh, in their own way, Gasaw. I have some issues with Gasaw at times, but you know, I, I'd say in their own way, Gasaw kicking ass. I would say uh, Stefan uh, not blowing smoke, and then the whole no more casualties kicking ass, and clearly Cynthia kicking ass. And the 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 people that are taking over are going to be working on the bylaws during this next five weeks. That is crazy. How how did how did they get rid of Cynthia? How did that happen? And I want to know. Safada is dedicated to its membership during this critical time in our organization and our history as we prepare our members to successfully navigate the new regulatory landscape and advocate for the preservation of vapor products as significant alternatives to combustible tobacco, not just for millions of vapor adult vapors that already made the switch to vaping, but the 40 million plus uh, adult smokers. Well, that's boilerplate. It's all boilerplate. Uh, but Safada is a trade group. Unless I've got it wrong, they say tr- smoke-free alternatives trade association. Well, that's you know these are, yeah, they need to be focusing on on eight eight, and so this new board is not doing that. Um, I don't know why. I just don't know why. I'm gonna click back over to the board. Cap O'Rourke is uh, some guy that's a consultant. It looks like he was a low-level staffer, and then he uh, in politics. And then uh, worked uh, some level staffer. I, I'm, you know, I don't think he was a staffer for a congressman, but maybe he was some sort of state staffer. Uh, then he opened up uh, O'Rourke Strategic Consulting. I don't know if he's a vapor. I've never heard of this guy. Never, never heard of him ever. But he's now uh, taken the helm of Safada. And then Shell Hamill is the vice president. And uh, I don't know what, what the I don't I don't know what is going on. Obviously, I've I've have had a position on VTA, and my position on VTA is uh, this Tony Boone guy was all muddled up in Chicago corruption, uh, and the story on Tony is that Blagovich uh, was doing corrupt dealings with a guy named Resco, and what they did is they stuck people onto the teacher's retirement fund, which is something like a $30 billion fund. And what they did is that they had contractors be given deals out of the state retirement teacher fund, that $30 billion. They would, they would either get investments or all sorts of stuff. And in turn, those people would contribute to the candidates so designated in exchange so it's kind of like in a three-card money deal so Blagovich appointed Tony into this position of control uh, of a stewardship of the teachers retirement fund and then Resco was told that Tony would vote his way and so they they had their voting block and so when when Resco 
was indicted and you know uh tony aboon was an individual who was listed as an operator and he was known as individual q later on uh when uh tony was friends with i think his name is quinn which was the the replacement governor so what happened is that Blagovich became a national st story, Rezco became a national story, it became part of the debates between uh, Senator Clinton and Senator Obama in the 2008 election. It was an, a topic that they vied over and accusations were made at both of them of having business dealings with Rezco. President Obama had to refund all of the money that Tony Abound had given him because of the appearance of improprietary and the sitting governor refused to attend a fundraiser at Tony's house because it would look like it was corrupt. Those are the things that happened with Tony. He's running that organization. Um, and so all of this stuff was going back and forth. I, I, I wish I could listen back to what I said. I've, I've gone down this little uh, bunny hole or whatever we're going to call it, a rat hole. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, I don't know who Ka that's what it is. I'm looking at Cap O'Rourke. I don't know who this guy is. I know who Tony is. Tony's bad news in, in my book. Maybe he's got redeeming qualities. Uh, but he's now running it. Uh, Cap O'Rourke. Uh, Shell Hamill is uh, uh, Dimitri is with VTA. Uh, he's a big proponent of VTA. Shell Hamill is a big proponent of Dimitri. Where's this all going now? I feel defeated. I mean, it, at this point. Uh, Everything I said about VTA, it, it, to, to me, it's like the plug's been pulled on Safada. I, I don't, you know, they're going to be twiddling their thumbs over the next five weeks uh, playing games on, on talking about bylaws, playing house. And they'll, uh, maybe they'll do, uh, look for new curtains for the office and things like that. I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but they're, they certainly don't seem to be uh, spending their available resources on what needs to happen. Um uh, I, I don't know. I don't know Cap. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that when a change like this happens, you take, you seize on it, and you tell people what you're going to do. You say, you, first of all, you put out a thank you letter to the person that's leaving, and you leave it at that. You just send a thank you. Then you put out another thing saying, this is the, the direction of what the board is going to be doing. They didn't do that. They just they did this, it, they looked like fucking rookies. They got rid of the person that, that was doing the stuff they need to do. Then you got kind of all volunteer board of directors. And at this point, it looks like VTA, it, at this point, it looks like VTA and Safada are going to merge. Uh, and uh, what's to stop it at this point? I guess that's what's going to happen. Uh, and it's very frustrating uh, for me because uh, if you listen to my first show, and then the second show and the third show, I was talking about, I thought everybody should standardize on Safada, that we should drop off these superfluous and wasteful groups like the vaping militia and some of these other things that are, that are really just ancillary and not really helpful. They're just show pieces, um, you know, and I could, you know, just stuff that isn't really punching it out. Uh, and really, it came down to, I thought that everybody should spend the $250 that is a vape shop and become a member of Safada. For 250 bucks. everybody could become a member of it, and you would have more resources and more stuff. And that, you know, that was what, if you listen back to the first show, uh, I think it was the first show, it was definitely the second show. And now, it, the, the plug has been pulled. And you've got Shell Hamill, which... Um, 
you know, she runs eight, nine vape shops herself. They're all hers. She runs an e-liquid company, all hers. And uh, I don't think she's got any time to be doing this and still running her business. Um, maybe she does. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think the two are going to merge. I don't, I don't, I'm conf- if it sounds like I'm uh, babbling, a babbling fool that has uh, just been had their system shocked and 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 doesn't know what to make of it. That's what I am. I'm a babbling idiot right now. I don't I don't know what to make of uh, these these guys here and, and their big bright idea of uh, of pulling the plug on Cynthia. And there was some sort of uh, some sort of decision by the board to. Uh, to change the the direction with Cynthia and they felt for some reason uh, that this was the right timing to do it and their first communication out is hey we're going to work on the bylaws now and talk to you about transparency in the last five weeks of of the 90 days it's just crazy then as these shoes are dropping this week I look at uh Andrew Osborne and uh Andrew, I'm, I'm in. I'm now inside of uh, Facebook. Andrew Osborne, and Osborne Osborne has a silly picture of himself up here, where he makes himself look out like Donald Trump. But he has this big thing that says, "I quit Safada," and it says, "The best way to quit." I tried. Hashtag I tried. Hashtag Safada is great. Hashtag I'm on my own. Hashtag everyone for themselves hashtag sorry hashtag not sorry so he's not sorry uh, so what the fuck uh, so I look at that alright so uh, 31 comments and I'm just gonna peruse them gotta do what you gotta do somebody scratching their head what fuck man I absolutely hate to see this uh, he didn't quit on vapors. Shit just got real. Uh, unless uh, one of the shit talkers or whiners quit instead of uh, you, I don't want them on my team. Love you, bro. Call me tomorrow. Uh, it's absolutely is not rewarding. Uh, not when you uh, efforts get called into question. Uh, yada yada. Few of us did. I mean, so I guess I assume that some of these people are Safada members. It's a sad day, and Safada loses a brother like you. Uh, yada yada yada. And so, presumably, as the board member here, he was fully aware of what happened to Cynthia before any of us. But so uh, I think this came out before the announcements, and he says he quits. Then, uh, so I'm confused. Uh, then I read. Jennifer Nicole Osborne is posted in his thing and it says this over the last year I've had to watch countless numbers of people tear my husband down in this industry he has always tried to rise above that now at this crucial time in advocacy he's being made to feel as if he can't be himself and fight for the community that in all honesty he and CJ helped build okay uh, he is the same person uh, w- with more passion than he than is always sorry for the reading he is the same person with more passion than he has always has been to sit by idly and watch him handle all the drama that has been caused during the last few weeks is not only disgusting but it's a total emotional waste of my time 
The, the board of Safada is made up of some of the most amazing people in the industry. We were lucky to have met these people and truly appreciate them and what they do for us as a family and a community of vapors. His decision to leave Safada has nothing to do with the board, but everything to do with all the drama and stress that was placed on his shoulders. Backstabbing has become second nature to a lot of people in the industry. I sit by and watch people get dragged through the mud every single day. No one is better than the next person. It is it is time to look around and see who is on your side and who is just covering their tracks to make themselves look better. To Stefan, Greg, and Cynthia, it is a shame that you let someone as passionate as my husband go. You have done nothing over the last few weeks besides tear him down. You have spread rumors that were, weren't were true and twisted words to meet your own criteria. I'm wise to this. I hope you all get wise too, or you will likely lose more people who are just as passionate as my husband. To Andrew, you are my best friend, and I will stick by you through anything. I do not agree with how all of this went down. I'm glad to get my husband back but at what cost to the industry wow uh i mean there's a few comments here uh and i think andrew posted that i guess it was on her page and he posted that and said couldn't have said it better wow so uh as i'm trying to figure out what's going on with safada uh i see that andrew post on his page a giant i quit and if I go, you know, I kind of like always go to the Safada page when stuff like this happens. I just did. He's still there. So if he's quit, this came out yesterday in the morning. If he's really quit, the, the, the website hasn't been updated. So I don't know what the hell this is. But clearly, there is some major shit going on behind the scenes. Backstabbing second nature. Uh, calling out Stefan, uh, Greg, and Cynthia. I mean... There's drama there, obviously. But to me, at this point, it's kind of moot. I, I don't know I don't know what, what's left of Safada, to be frank. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. Uh, they're talking about working on bylaws. I, I do know for sure that the, the direction that came out from Cap O'Rourke's board to be focusing on the bylaws, I don't stand behind that at all. I think that's a pure waste of time. I don't know if they're going to look for a new director. I don't know what they're doing. I feel like an idiot because for for the first shows for months on end now, I've been saying every vape shop for 250 bucks, join Safada. It's a, it's a no-brainer. Just do it. I look like an idiot now because I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. And so I am humbled. I apologize. I don't know what the fuck to think. I'll try out to find out what uh, what is going on. Uh, you know, VTA, uh, I... I don't know. Maybe, maybe just merge them together. I don't. I don't, I just don't know what to think. All I know is that there's these dates from the FDA, and if you're an e-liquid maker, you better be marching as fast as you can. Panic, panic now, panic early. Uh, release as many products as you can, and then figure out the rest later because the drop dead date is coming, and that's August 8th. I can say that. I know that. Um, and what else is there to say? Uh, uh, I'm really lost with with a lot of where the industry is going right now. Um, 
Uh, I'm uh, I'm lost. Uh, I call the show "Lost in the Land of Ape Confusion." I, you know, some of my, some of the bearings of what I thought was a a solid post for for vaping and advocacy, which was Safada, something that I came to rely on and believe on, um, is dead man walking right now. Uh, and maybe they're going to be able to find a new director uh, that will have any modicum of ability that is near Cynthia's but I don't think it's going to happen and certainly not in the right time frame um, I, I, I just I think that to get that one of the things with this is I there was somebody that was railing against Safada about a year and a half ago and they were like pulling out the public records of how much Safada spent on their salaries and I think uh, the salary for uh, Cynthia was like 120 or something like that and so that was like put out you know and and shoved out like that's when uh when people were i think that's when the vaping militia and some of these other people or or this vap3r guy which i think his whole website's now dust uh, uh they were like saying how there should be an advocacy and the difference between advocacy and and activism and uh telling people that nobody should join groups and stuff like that all that stuff was going on so he was using uh the the public domain of a of a 5013C, whatever it is, C6, that uh, to push out what her salary was and say that she was getting paid too much. 120 for a job that deals with Washington on this. Like if if, uh, if the ball bearing uh, trade group was to hire a person like Cynthia, they'd be paying her $300,000 as a starter. And that's just for the ball bearing industry. If it was an industry like, uh, like the, the, uh, the can container the 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 organization that ball corporation and the other people that make containers would have in washington because you know the, the these these cans of uh diet dr pepper actually have a spray coating inside the aluminum and that spray coating people believe that it has a bpa so you have to have a lobbyist there to be protecting your interests because you know trade people are going to say that your cans should no longer be made because it has bpa in it if she was to work for that organization the, the container manufacturers and you know doing a, a, another any other five billion dollar industry she'd be making five hundred thousand dollars to be the national chairman you know or whatever it is she was being dramatically underpaid for what she was doing in a competitive marketplace and somehow uh, this board of directors apparently thought it'd be a great idea to pull the plug on all of this and then complain and you know I'm looking at that uh, Andrew Osborne and apparently he's freaked out mad that people would call into question why on earth that Safada would make this decision and you know his wife is happy to have him back and frankly I'm happy he's back over there too uh, if he I hope he really does quit the board of Safada because I see that what Andrew Osborne had like one little duty on that board and that was to be back up if there was ever to be a, a coup d'etat going on in that board you know he this is a guy that has a single vape shop I guess his claim to fame is he did some sort of stupid reality show on vaping you know four or five years ago you know some some dorky thing on YouTube that doesn't exist anymore all his job was to do is is be like the the vapor member, you know, the the people, the person that who was a just a vapor, 
just a small guy that was on that board to keep watch of these guys if something was to go haywire and then raise a big stink about it. So, to me, Andrew just let everybody down. Just dramatically let everybody down. And this is my opinion. You know, if you if you think that uh, Cynthia wasn't cutting the mustard, uh, you know, that's your own business. If, if you think that Cynthia wasn't, wasn't, you know, kicking ass like I do, uh, like when she organized that whole OMB, when she organized those flyers, if you think that, that you know, may, maybe it's fine, maybe you think that it was a good decision, but... I think the larger group of people are, if you're like me, and, and this woman that has the organizational skills to be able to organize 54 state and local chapters, that, to organize fly-ins, to get people to go in the employee, to have that, those organizational skills, and you think that that is going to be a loss if that person is dumped by the board, who she was board president of, somehow they, they managed that. All Andrew Osborne needed to do was when he caught wind of this, is to raise a stink and say, no way, no way does this go down. I'm not going to vote for this. I'm not going to vote for a removal of a president. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tell people that this is going down before it happens. I'm going to put a stop on it. Because if he doesn't do that as a board member, I don't know what the fuck else Andrew Osborne is capable of doing. I mean, he's he runs a little vape shop off in uh, Buffalo, his, his, all of his packaging is non-compliant at all. I mean, it, it would it, it it would not pass the sniff test. It, it's it's one level above uh, marking bottles with sharpies. He's got uh, Oscar the Grinch uh, sitting up uh, dolls and stuff uh, in his vape shop. Uh, I mean, what was he even bothering to do on that board if he wasn't going to watch out for it? If he wasn't going to be a watchdog for the vaping community, because there was a whole big board shakeup the year before and then after that he was elected to be on it so what was he doing on that based off of what his wife was saying is that he he was upset at Cynthia Greg Conley and Stefan Didick uh, because uh, over the last three or four weeks uh, which likely corresponds to the time when they started to uh, push Cynthia out I mean he can talk about it. Maybe he should. But uh, instead, he wants to make it a, bi- a big, poor pity for himself. Big, 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 poor, pitiful little Andrew Osborne quits Sephora because he's upset with people. And he wants to write it, write it in big black print and put it on a napkin. And Andrew, just, just a total failure at his job on that board. So it's for me, it's good riddance. I sure hope that door kicks you in the ass as you're running away. It sucks. I'm pissed off. Uh, I think the whole thing got fucked up. Andrew's all upset. His wife's upset that he's running away, quitting. Uh, the board has no leadership uh, that is incognizable. They're going to be playing around with their bylaws over the next five weeks. Nobody knows what the fuck's doing. You got Tony Aboon out there. Maybe he's going to do something with VTA. As far as I can tell, at this point, uh, I guess it's VTA. Uh, it, it takes the lead, and and maybe uh, maybe that's a better way to go. I don't know. My my uh, my my vaping world is all screwed up. I do know in California in here that uh, I've seen some messages going out on Facebook um, from uh, that there is still a California Safada local chapter, which is different than the national chapter it's a the the california safada is its own entity that rolls up into national safada 
thank God they're still functioning as a state entity because they are teaming up with uh, Not Blowing Smoke to create a new campaign to go after the ballot initiative, which is creating the taxes. So I don't know who came up with the state models. I'm going to guess it was probably Cynthia because uh, before that, there was none, and then they came about, and she started them. I think she started them. So there is that uh, going on with advocacy. I think it's going to be the taxes, so it's going to be a real tough fight uh, in California. That's about it. I'm confused, and I don't know what to do right now, but I will figure it out and uh, have a good day. I will look for a song. Yeah,